It's time for peer pressure. Today's guest is Ivan Julian. You'll hear him discuss music as a blue-collar job. His role in The Clash's Sandinista. And what it takes to play a good live show. Thanks to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast and to Liz Berg for all the other behind-the-scenes work. Stay tuned. Hello, sir. Good morning, evening, afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. And I want the listeners to know that you are the first uh, peer pressure guest that I've had who's, who's dared to come to the studio. What do they all do? I mean, <clears throat> they over the phone? or Yeah, we do the phone thing otherwise, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> like this, and phones these days are so uh, weird sounding and unreliable. Well, so. that is true. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, when it, as an engineer, you can appreciate that, too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <coughs> So might as well go for the full analog live in person, right? Right. So he, <laughs> he is live in person. He's going to, you know, guest DJ, and he's going to, you know, breathe and sweat and do all other, like, human things in the studio as well. And, um... We were just talking, and uh, you mastered the uh, the Spurts collection. Uh, yes, I did for yes. Rhino. Yes, and that uh, you know, isn't Chinese rocks on there? Yes. Yeah, it was it was quite a challenge actually because um that the recording of that uh, I always refer to it if I had a visual image of it being recorded on the edge of a broken piece of glass. Oh, uh, the sound it was really distorted and crackly, and I think it was like the oh. first recording of that song, and it was just in really bad condition. Mm. Yeah, so. Um, hopefully it, it, you can decipher something out of it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and I know your skills. I mean, and uh, how long have you had your own studio now? Um, actually, God, 10, um, 10 years, maybe 15. But I, but I used to run it out of my house, and I've had it in various locations, but I've only been at the present location uh, for the past five years on Ludlow Street mm-hmm. with okay. my partner, Matt, Matt Verderay. And we, we just got a new tape machine, actually, because the other one started acting like hell. I mean, you, it was weird. Not like Richard Hell. No, H A L out of 2000, uh, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Not Hell, but the computer. Oh, Hell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like going and like doing its own thing. It was scary because you'd push rewind and then all of a sudden it would start recording uh, uh, on its own. I mean, that's really a bad thing this for This is what you need to record, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, Ivan. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just kind of. And we luckily we found the same kind of machine um, and it was, it was great from Headgear and Scott and um, we bought it from him and it's sounding good, yeah. And you said tape, so tape. you are you still prefer... It just sounds so good. It really does sound... Even if we dump it into the computer, it just sounds... I mean, I, I, we were listening to it after had not having it for a week when everything was down, mm-hmm. and, in, and putting a tape up and just hearing the, the natural tape compression on the drums, it's... It's orgasmic. Can mm. I say that? Yes, you can say that. Okay. You just did. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you're... Um, does your studio have a name, or is it? Are you just under? It, it's called NY Head, N Y H E D. It was mm-hmm. the name was there kind of when I arrived. I don't know. I've been meaning to have a discussion about that, but that's what it is. I mean, oh, cool. Yeah, and whatever. So that's where people can find you if they want your services or if they've got recording. Uh, yeah, they can needs. go online. We have, we have a website, um, nyhead.com, and they mm-hmm. can go there. Yes. And then your regular website is ivanjulian.com, and you've got a bunch of stuff going on, don't you? Yeah, well, um, the records come out in the states um, uh, back in the spring, and um, the press seems to you know like it, you know, and um, been playing a lot of dates, uh, trying to support it because mm-hmm. I, I, I I want the record to have a life, and then October thirteenth is officially coming out in Europe as well. Um, so yeah, so it's coming out here, it's coming out there, and uh, we have some acoustic dates coming up. Well, and actually, no, oh, I just did some acoustic dates, but I have um, some uh, full band dates coming up as well mm-hmm. in October. Um, and so the album is called The Naked Flame, and it's on the uh, 259. Is it 00259? It's 259. 259. Isn't it Abe? <laughs> Abe's president. Oh, okay. And Nicole. It's, I mean, I, I, everyone says 259. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's a great record. Um, and we will hear something off of that later, actually. So you were in the Voidoids. That's some major stuff for me to have you here in the studio. And, yeah, and I mean... That was my first band here in New York. Uh, was um, uh, playing with Richard and Bob and, and Mark, Marky or Mark Del Ramon, as it were. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we, we we rehearsed for a while, for, forever actually, to make the the single, um, which was an EP, and then that led to the LP. And um, we they, we started with three songs and ended up with um, however many we needed to make an album. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and also in a little known fact is there's a I think it might be on a later compilation. 
Um, and I think it might be on the CD release of, uh, of Blank, but uh, we did All the Way, a Sinatra song. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I know that song. I don't think I've heard that. You uh, haven't heard us do it, though. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, it's something. Anyway. And how old is that recording? Um, of, of the voice doing it? Yeah. That, that, that was from the Blank Sessions. Oh, okay. We actually recorded it and had every intention of putting it on the album, and, and then I think uh, the powers that be chickened out at the last moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, too much. Yeah, it was a little bit too much. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that there's a sense of humor. And, I mean, I don't know if there's a way to sum up what was going on or, or the, uh, the making of that record, but it was such a different time for music. Like, you, there really was hardly anything out that that could be compared to i mean what was going on did you did you kind of get that it was a complete departure from what was out there on the radio and i mean what was the feeling like well i mean our, our intention um especially um you know bob and i our intention was just to make a good rock and roll guitar record mm-hmm. um and kind of model it after um over under sideways down this yarbrough's record where oh. things are like where the pan guitars are panned hard left and right mm-hmm. and neither of us are playing the same thing at the same time um, so that that was just the idea. I mean, and you know, with my influence of like blues and, and more rock and roll and Quine coming from this abstract jazz place, it kind of cla- you know just met in the middle somehow and mingled. And then mm-hmm. you put Richard on top of that. Yeah. I mean, we just thought we we're just making music. I mean, yeah. the best way we knew how. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, you know, and it just really turned into something that was a. Uh, I'm trying to, I, I can't think of the word, but just in terms of, you know, standing out and just being really like setting the stage and setting the tone for music. Well, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of, I mean, to me, that whole period was like that. I mean, without um, sounding um, too, too grandois, grandiose, I mean, it was kind of a renaissance. Mm-hmm. I mean, because everyone was making new music at the time and that was in that scene, I mean, in, in New York, and I mean, in England as well. I mean, but um, y- you would go out on a Tuesday and you'd hear uh, Blondie's new song. You'd go out on a Wednesday and hear the Ramones' new song, and everybody right. was kind of recording and building their songs at the time. Mm-hmm. And, ev- and, and everyone was writing. It was really healthy, um, creative atmosphere. It must have been really exciting. Just, it was just to be around. It was exciting, and and I, I, I even then I realized something was going on because it was odd how so many people had gathered at this one time and place from all over the world. Basically, I mean, it wasn't just people here. I mean, I mean people, uh, uh, local people that were involved in the scene. People for some reason had come from Ohio, California. I was in Europe at the time. Something said, "Go to New York." I mean, mm. you know, it was it was it was odd. And what were you doing in, in Europe at the time? I was playing with um, a band called The Foundations. I know The Foundations. Yes. Yeah. I was um, playing with them, touring with them 18 days a week. Those guys never stopped. Wow, really? They, they well, and those old sort of soul acts really, that, w- that was kind of the protocol then. It was the protocol. Sometimes we had three gigs a day and wow. three in three different cities. Oh, my goodness. You know? I mean, and um, it's odd because I, I, when I met them, uh, on the old King's Road in London, I, I thought they were, um, I, when I heard the name, I thought they were from Detroit. Mm. I had no idea, but then um, they're from um, Jamaica and Barbados. Oh, wow. And um, they would kind of make fun of me because <laughs> after eight days or so after touring all week, uh, you know, for, for weeks and, and whatever, and we'd remember we'd get home at like five in the morning and I'd be exhausted. Especially there in the wintertime at that point, because there was no, it was always cold. I mean, it was, you just needed mm. to kind of take a break for a second. Yeah, your body and, wasn't recovering. And don't get me wrong, and I, and I love touring, I really do. <clears throat> but I'd get home at 5 in the morning, and I'd put my head down on the pillow, and my eyes would start to close. The phone would ring, and it would be Colin, the least thing, going, Ivan, man, what's wrong with you? Come on, let's go. Time to go on tour again. He would, like, want to go out. He had to book something at the last minute. Oh, my Get goodness. up, drive up the M1 in, in England, and go play somewhere, you know? And, and, That's crazy. Yeah. And probably, I remember one gig being next in, in a moat, next to a moat, and it was so cold. I had this clear Dan Armstrong plexiglass guitar, uh-huh. and it fogged up. Oh, <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah that, a lot, lots of wild stories with those guys. That was definitely Music 101. I mean, yeah. about song structure, everything. I mean, just how to do it. Well, and how yeah. to become a master at your craft, really. If you're gigging that much, it's just like you're, I mean, that's practice yeah and exactly yeah yeah uh, that's like the the beatles hamburg days kind yeah, of it, it's the same and yeah it's same same thing and exactly and, and the same protocol as well it's mm-hmm. like i mean this is this is your blue collar job and you do it you yeah. Know, yeah 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 when i read that i had no idea when i met you earlier that you had been with the foundations and that's yeah like they had some of those great the baby now that i found you and build me a buttercup like <clears> some 
Great, exactly. Great yeah. songs. Yeah, they had some really great songs. I mean, yeah, really great songs. Um, part of the chord structure from some of the songs could be found in a Voloid song. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll tell you which one. That's how it works. <laughs> well, well, that's how that works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will get that information out of Ivan. Um, I'd like you to introduce the first song that you chose, the first track that you chose to, uh, to give to the listeners as your, uh, your lesson in music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Diane has advised me that, I mean, there's not enough time in all the universe for me to play all the songs I wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's I gave her a list of, of like 1,700 songs or something. I mean, <laughs> I'm exaggerating. But anyway, um, this is um, Opus 28 um, by Frederick Chopin and his um, uh, Preludes. Um, it's played by a guy called Howard Shelley. And to me... Chopin is like the Jimi Hendrix of his time. If you listen to him, he's just just swirling and and going all over the place and and playing it more out of meter than than in and just kind of throwing himself into it. And this guy Howard Shelley seems to be the one pianist that really captures that. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're listening to Chopin play the part. Because some people, it's funny when you start listening to say a, a piece of instrumental classical music that you like. And you find everybody adds their own thing to it somehow. Everybody um, has their own interpretation. Mm. And most of them aren't that good. Most of them are, are kind of, I, I don't know, uh, scholarly, uh, scholarly, I'll say, or um, uh, yeah, cerebral, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to visceral. Because right. that's what a piece of music should be t- to some degree. Uh-huh. So, I mean, and you really hear it in a piece, you know, like this. And Chopin also wrote uh, the funeral march, you know. Dun, 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 oh, dun, did he? Dun, 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 well, dun. now I guess I would, can say I know his work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 From the Popeye cartoons, that's where I learned it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So that's what we're going to hear next. And uh, my guest DJ is Ivan Julian. And we will be back shortly. And my guest is Ivan Julian, and we just heard The Sediment Club. What can you tell us about that record? Uh, well, that was recorded at New York Head. Um, 
by this by the Sediment Club, a really great young band that um, kind of making a lot of sparks around the, the area. They play actually all over, all over the East Coast. Are they New York based? They're New York based. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Um, guitar, bass, drums, uh, keyboard, and the guitarist sings. Um, and um, it, it, they're just fresh and new. It's, it kind of reminds me of a cross between uh, the Vaudoids, the Bush Tetras, and um, uh, let me see, um, something, and the Contortions. Mm. You know, it's, it's very, yeah. um, very an- angular stuff. And yeah. I, I really like it. I think it, I think it came out really well. And um, yeah, it's good. It's good. And I chose that song. They have a whole album out, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a lot of the stuff I'm playing. It was really hard to pick a song from the album that that summarizes what they do or is the best example or whatever. But I mean, this this was one of those albums too. Like I didn't know what to play. So, Mm -hmm. but I I love the line, "Oh, no thirst or more, not anymore." I thought it's Ah. it's like you know. I mean, from a song called "No More Earth." I mean, right? Yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, you know, not as a. Uh, I mean that that's a complimentary to Thurston, of course. I mean, meaning that if he goes, it all goes. Oh know? right, yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. totally get yeah. that. Yeah, I I knew that it was not an anti. Who, yeah, who yeah. could be anti Thurston? I know it's true. He's a cool guy. Yes. And what's the name of the uh, the Sediment Club album? It's just called. You know, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> then I'll find. So out. someone, um, Austin, someone from the band, call in and then tell us what the name is. I, I think it's just called the Sediment Club, actually. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Um, and they they have a deal where they get vinyl pressed really easy. I mean, it mm-hmm. comes out on vinyl. It's really great. Yeah. Vinyl is definitely making. I hate to say making a comeback, but people still do appreciate vinyl. And I think that things come out on CD and they just immediately freely download it and exchange in a different way, but. Vinyl is the real deal, and there's there's no way of, I mean, you can bootleg vinyl, but it's still this item that you can't do anything else with except put on a turntable and enjoy in one way. And there's the artwork <laughs> as well. There's the whole gratification of, oh, I mean, yeah. I, 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 when um, this record came out in Spain, we got the CD, and it was like, oh, that's nice. Then we got the LP, <laughs> and it was like, this is it. It's like, it's this is beautiful piece of um, artwork, you know what I mean, that, that um, happens um when you have have vinyl, and I mean these days, I think there's so few people pressing that um, bootlegging is almost impossible. <laughs> probably, you, <laughs> you know, know, and probably not worth it. Yeah, because even legit companies are backed up in line to try to get their stuff pressed, and it's expensive as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 indeed. And you're right. I mean, the the artwork thing that was my one complaint. I didn't get a CD player for at least ten years after CDs did come out for that reason, and. And also CDs were just, they just took the regular artwork and just shrunk it down to five by five. You can't read anything. Well, that, and you know. that became more and more so. I mean, up right up until the, you know, the, they, they all ran off the cliff and fell off. I mean, but all the yeah. record companies, but they kept making, the, kept making the print smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. You know, I mean. <laughs> While our eyesight is getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> from, from using the computer over and over again. Uh, tell me about it. I know. Uh, no, it is funny though. You know, and then, and so now, like I've got the, um, the Richard Hell, the, the Spurts collection in front of me, and that's got a nice, that's got a book of 20 pages with mm-hmm. it, you know. So it's nice to see those kind of things if you're going to do a CD. No, it's true. But, it's um, true. So what's your, do you have a vinyl collection? A vinyl collection at home? Yeah, are you a record collector? I am a record collector, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I, love, I love having things on. It, 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 it just sounds better. Much like tape sounds different than digital recording. I mean, mm-hmm. to, ha- to have the actual needle physically dragging across the vinyl surface just gives you this really nice low-mid, low-end low um, warmth. You know, mm-hmm. it, sounds, it sounds better. Oh, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Oh, Time Decay Now. It looks like that's the name of the Sediment Club record. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a uh, listener, Joe. So the next thing that we have on your playlist to listen to is a uh, James Brown. Yes. And uh, and and just to to note, I mean, my ten- intention here is to really try to take you all over the place. I mean, I you, see that. You know, it's just um, um, this influences and in things that I think people should hear that they probably haven't. Um, this song is called "There It Is." It's um from uh, Greatest Hits album, actually. And it's actually, there is another album he made called There It Is. Yep. He made a ton of albums in the 70s and 80s. I mean, just not relentless, nonstop. And on some of these, al- some of these albums are really great rock and roll jams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's really loud guitar, really loud drums, and it's just cranking. It's just cranking. I mean, and every once in a while, he goes off on a tangent and does something weird. I mean, actually, you know, when we were um, making Blank Generation, um, Richard and I were living together in the East Village, and um, everybody would be blasting salsa out the window. This was the oh. 70s. It was hot. It was summertime. Mm-hmm. And we would put on the Hell album by James Brown. Mm. And the thing, or that's a double album. 
And the thing about that album is that there's a gong hit in between every song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, some of his stuff I I, I just marvel at. I mean, I think he he too, I mean, he created, if you think about it, his own form of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there is funk, but uh, James Brown music is its own form. It's true. You know, I mean, and he he actually created that with with his band. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. People go like, oh, will you play some funk or play some James Brown? Like, it's a different, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you, and you start listening to it and see the makeup of it, and it's just, it's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant stuff. Well, I think, and the, the, I guess the, the vibe of funk in some ways is kind of, is, well, he's just more forward and more, there's more intention with James his work is just you know when funk can kind of it goes into a groove sometimes and yeah yeah it can be more know. subtle I mean <laughs> yeah. yeah James Brown he's uh, not subtle you can never call him subtle no. <laughs> wasn't he buried in like a gold coffin or something it was like yeah not, and not then uh, I'm not really sure of that story but and then sat in his daughter's yard for a couple of months while they fought over him or something it was, oh yeah, god yeah. <laughs> 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 or, I don't know he's, he's, a, wild, he's a wild guy oh, uh, actually, yeah, I, I read a, I, for years. I searched for a biography on him, and I couldn't find one for, for, for the strangest reason. And there is one out. I forget who wrote it, but um, his father was um, uh, a turpentine collector. That's what his father did. He um, like would go around and take sap from trees and distill wow. it into turpentine and and deliver it to people and sell it. Wow, a pretty interesting story. His, you know. Wow. I, I, and I didn't even know how turpentine is collected from the sap of trees. So. Oh, yeah. That's oh. A, that, that's a, I'm sure somebody else is doing it now somewhere else. You know? Right, yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to. That, that and the linseed oil, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Very cool. Well, so we're going to go and we're going to listen to uh, There It Is from, uh, by James Brown. And my guest DJ today is Ivan Julian. And uh, he's got a new record out called The Naked Flame. It's been out for a few months. And uh, it is fabulous. We'll hear something off of that later. On to some James Brown now. Stay tuned. That was uh, The Habit with Won't Go Home Till Morning, and that was programmed by my guest, Ivan Julian. Ivan. Hello. Ivan, Ivan. So did you, re- you recorded that record? Uh, yes, we did that uh, <clears throat> at New York Head. I just think they're amazing singers. Uh, they're an Americana band on, and it's called The Habit, and they have an album out called Lincoln is One. Um, and uh, that song was called, of course, I, don't, I Won't Go Home Till Morning. Um, we did an acoustic show uh, two nights ago uh, together at uh, the Treehouse in, in uh, Manhattan above 2A. Oh, cool. And I'm a huge fan of all, all, all of their voices and their songwriting is just great. And especially the woman, Siobhan, she, just, she sounds, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this, she sounds like a cross between Emmylou Harris and Patsy Cline to me. Mm, and she just got this, wow. perf- this like amazing voice that, you know, you could hand her any song and it would just be great. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I just I like I love you know good music whatever whatever it is you know I absolutely. Mean, there's, there's a thread here somewhere going through all this I think. <laughs> oh yeah, that's you know and 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 it's great that you can contribute to the listeners and the listeners you know appreciate hearing different stuff I and mean, we're primarily a a freeform station and you know it's about good music. It's yeah. not about necessarily you know pushing one genre etc well you know i love that quote i mean uh, from uh, you know bob dylan's radio shows uh, someone made me um a, a dvd actually of all the radio shows he did and i mean he and he's amazing on uh, he's amazing D- um radio host actually i mean really funny and witty and all that and someone wrote in and said well you know why don't you play any of your own music we want to hear some of your music and he goes why would you want to hear something you can hear everywhere else <laughs> <laughs> Very good. 
good impersonation too. Uh, he's funny. Yes. Well, I love that on the the early stuff, especially um, um uh, like Highway 61 and and around that kind of the first electric era. Between every line, he kind of goes ah. <laughs> <laughs> Does he do that on his radio show? No, no, no. He's like he's like this um, one-liner jokester. It's really funny. Oh, and, wow. You know. I mean, he'll go, he says he'll tell the story, the history of the harmonica, and he goes, the harmonica is the best-selling musical instrument in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> As if he's responsible, you know. Right, yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Now it is. <laughs> very funny. And, you know, and I just want to mention, so in your playlist, um, to, to back announce, so we, you listen, we listen to The Habit, we listen to James Brown, we listen to The Sediment Club, and we listen to Frederick Chopin. So the next thing you've got up is... Uh, a Marvin Gaye track. Yes. Okay. And this. And speaking of record fa- fairs, this uh, this is interesting because the great thing about vinyl, well, sometimes I mean, not if you're the artist, I don't think, um, are cutout bins. And this uh-huh. was a phenomenon that's, that's gone away. And you mm-hmm. could go to a record store and you go, I don't know what this is. Um, I, I've never, but I'm gonna. It's two dollars, but I'm gonna take a chance. You know. Right. And you could do that. And this is a record I found like that. I thought, oh, oh you know. Let me just see what this is about. And, it's, and the album is called MPG, um, Marvin Paul Gay, which is or his, his initials. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's a couple of weirdo, weirdo moments on there. He does this magic moment with a bunch of strings and whatever. And, and if you're mm. into that kind of thing, it's great. But most of the album is just cranking, like, rhythm guitar and drums mixed really loud. Yeah. And this is like, I mean, I, 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 I love this song. I, I, and I'm really proud to be able to play it on the radio. I mean, so other people can hear it, too. Because it's it. I mean, I, I mean, he's a uh, odd artist. I mean, for if you ever read his uh, his biography, um, "Divided Soul," he's had a actually. He, he also grew up on South Capitol Street in D.C., which wasn't too far from where I grew up. So I know the neighborhood and the mm. projects where he grew up. I, I can visualize them in my oh, mind. Oh wow, know? that's interesting. Um, and um, he, uh, whenever something goes down in New York City, and nine eleven being one of them. It's weird. It always seems like there's a musical theme that happens, like something you hear everybody playing. Mm. And whenever something like uh, the blackout or something like that, everybody always plays what's going on. Right, right. I, I mean, hopefully <laughs> we won't have any horrible experience. That's the theme song of being confused. Well, and c- it, it's comforting somehow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an odd, you know, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's an odd. And, you know, I mean, also Motown, um, Barry Gordy had this thing where these meetings where they decide what they would release and what they wouldn't. You know about this, right? Mm, no, I and, don't. Actually. I mean, and, and the criteria for the, for the release was, okay, he could gather staff around and said, if, if you had, I think at the time it was $1.75, and you had to choose between buying this record and buying a sandwich and you were hungry, yeah. would you do it or not? Mm. And if you wouldn't do it, he wouldn't release the record. Wow. And What's Going On got the worst rating of any record <laughs> that um, they ever had th- these meetings about, evidently. Oh, how funny. You know, they, they just didn't get it, didn't want to do it, you know. I mean, yeah. But um, anyway, that's that. But this is another album entirely that I, I don't know. I, I, I've seen it around. I, I, I don't think it charted at all, maybe. I'm not sure. You said it, <clears throat> it's just called RPG? MPG. Oh, MPG, sorry, right. Um, and do you know what year this record is from? Um, I, I want to say 71. Mm. Mm. You're probably right. The listeners are commenting about your memory, which is very, very good. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much. Um, I just happened to be talking about something I, I kind of remember. No, well, I, I apologize. That must have come out wrong. I didn't mean no, it's that okay. in that way. No, if you asked me how I got here. I can't remember that. Uh, <laughs> but you got here. <laughs> but I got here somehow. Right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Excellent. <coughs> so we're going to go to um, to some Marvin Gaye so I can take a cough break. And uh, my guest is Ivan Julian. He has his, uh, his latest release is called The Naked Flame, and he uh, also was, of course, a member of the Voidoids. Um, and we're going to come back and talk to him more. And uh, right now, we'll listen to some Marvin Gaye. Stay tuned.
And we are back. My guest is Ivan Julian. And uh, we just played for the folks Too Young to Be in Love from Hunks and His Punks. Yes. Um, a really great album that came out of the studio. Um, and I, I met them last year uh, during some kind of promotional thing for uh, some car company or something that was flying bands in and we would produce a record a day. Oh, wow. we would, they, they would have a song, Scion, I think it's the name of the company. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that whole series. And what would happen is they would uh, get flown in, we'd um, they'd either write or just have a song and we'd record, mix it and finish it by the end of the day. Oh, cool. You know, it was fun. It was fun. It was like the old days. But um, in that, in that series, um, I met Hunks and his punks. They're just uh, amazing. And then, like, they decided to come back and have me produce their album. And I think the results are really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, I mean, they all sing really great. Um, and uh, the whole the the whole premise of of the band is good. And as you can hear, like, I mean, the ending of that song just kind of just takes you out there. You yeah. know, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And of course, I, I mean, whenever I hear something like that, I double and quadruple and mm-hmm. hex hexquadruple the vocals. So I just you know, just like just to make it like it's coming at you, if, you know, from um, the mountain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And where are they from? Um, they're from San Francisco, oh, from okay. the Bay Area, actually. Um, uh, not really San Francisco. What's that across the bay? I'm forgetting. Oh, Oakland. Oakland. They're from Berkeley, the o- yeah. Oakland area. Yeah, they're from mm-hmm. the Oakland area. Oh, cool. And um, um, Hunks is now in. The, well, he was in the studio l- last month. Um, doing his solo record, so oh, uh, I see. yeah, so it's it's um, just him him this time, and he, he said he just wanted to do something different, so um, yeah, it was him and his drummer and myself, and um, we tried to you know crank it out and and make a record. I'm mastering it now, so mm. that'll that'll be out soon. But yeah, I'm, I'm a bi- I'm a big fan of the band. Whenever they come to town, I go I go see them, and you know they they also believe in performance, which I love as well. I mm, mean yeah. because the stage is there for a reason, not to stare down at your sneakers, I think. I mean, I don't know. That's just my take on the whole thing. (laughs) Well, that's a great philosophy (laughs) because you're right. And and myself being a I'm a live music kind of gal, it's like, you know, bands do just come out and they stand there and and they play their stuff. But, you know, could have been in the comfort of your own home listening to to the album and, you know, eating what you want and being comfortable. Yes, you know. exactly. I mean, it's it's, it's it's theater. I mean, it should be anyway, to some degree. Even if you, even if you just stand there, I mean, make contact with someone, I think. That's supposed to be performing. Anyway, they do that, and it's, it's, it's really great. Very Actually, cool. when they were here last time, it, um, um, they were on tour. Hunks and his punks were on tour, but mm-hmm. Hunks was doing the solo record by himself. So they were in and out of the studio and making costumes for themselves. And at some point, I'm going to Twitter this um, this thing of all their clothes hanging in the bathroom of the studio. It's like so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so wild looking. It was also during the hurricane as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was kind of a wild time, but we got it, we got it done, I think. Oh, and then during was it the same hurricane that you had a couple shows canceled? Yeah, because yeah, of? yeah, yeah, exactly. So I got to see you at the Bell House with Dennis Tech, and that was supposed to have been like a handful of shows. Mm-hmm, yeah, and went Maxwell's as well. Yeah, mm-hmm, and it turned out that was the only, uh, the only show. It was the only one. Everybody said nope, we're staying inside, and which is, I mean, wise, I think, because I mean, I understand Hoboken was really flooded, and I mean, even if yeah. they had been open, who wants to go out in that? I mean, right, you know, yeah. and risk people's lives and stuff like that. I didn't even mention yet at all that you uh, you worked on Sandinista. With the the Clash, yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, I I knew them because um, actually I knew Topper from back in the Foundations days because the same rehearsal studio um, where I met the Foundations, he was playing with a guy. Uh, um, his name, okay, there goes my memory. It'll come to me. Gary something. He was this um, uh, blues artist, and uh, Topper was playing drums, and um, and I met I knew him from that from then. And then the Voidoids opened for the Clash on their Give Them Enough Rope tour. Mm. So then I met the rest of them. So when they came to New York City, they called me up and said, "Oh, come on down." And I, initially it was just to say hi, just to yeah. kind of you know. Listen. And, and then they uh, and then the whole that whole album for the most part was um, a series of long jams that they cut up and made into songs. Oh, wow. Because I heard them do, somebody do the riff to the call off that boom, 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 boom. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, give me a guitar. That, you know, I, I got to go, go do this. So then, um, you know, I, st- I started playing on this stuff. And I thought it was just a jam. He's like, you know, hey, good to see you. Okay, see you later. Da, da, da. And then um, Mick calls me a couple months later and says, oh, we have a check for you for the record. I said, huh, what? Well, first of all, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Um, and, um, and it became um, the call-up, and I didn't meet G.I. Joe as well. You know? Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah, it's fun. I really like Joe, and, you know, and it's really fun hanging out with him as well. You know, he's mm-hmm. really always a gentleman and cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that was that. Yeah, that's a good song. It's a good song. It was a single from the record, actually. 
Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 It's a very fortunate that you were on that. Do you have any plans to do anything with Matthew Sweet for the 20th anniversary of Girlfriend? That's a question from a listener. Uh, not as of now. Not as of right yet. No. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I haven't heard from him, actually. Okay. <laughs> if you want to know the truth, um, I think we've both been busy, and we kind of like that. We kind of see each other once every so often. And I think he has something new out. Yeah, yeah. I actually played on his record about four or five years ago. I mean, I also mm-hmm. played on the Susanna Hoff stuff um, that he did, um, which oh, was oh. really a great record. Yeah, the first, the, 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 um, what was it called, Lounge Music or something like that? There were two of them, mm-hmm. and I played on the first one. Oh, neat. Yeah. And do you have any plans to go out to the West Coast? I want to, I want to, I want to. I want to be on tour right now. I'm talking to my booking agent trying to make that happen, but mm-hmm. I don't have any plans. Okay. If, you, if anyone can get me out there, you know, then through a wheelbarrow or a horse and buggy, let me know, okay? <laughs> I'm down with it. Um, my guest here in the studio and really live in the studio sitting across from me is Ivan Julian today. He's programming a section of the music that uh, we're listening to and, and providing some, some really great stories and some great... Um, recollections, so thank you for that. And uh, what is the next thing that we're going to be hearing? I love pop music. Um, I, I, I love all kinds of music, but um, when pop music is done really well, um, it, um, I tip my hat to it. And the Turtles were the quintessential pop band for the most part. So Happy Together. Okay, it's probably one of their biggest hits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah on the White Whale album. Exactly. Uh, on the White Whale label. Yes, on the White <laughs> Whale label, exactly. Mm-hmm. But this song, um, I remember when this came out, believe it or not. <laughs> it was um, kind of during the, the tail wave of psychedelia reaching the radio, and everybody had this kind of slant on songs, and all the pop songs were kind of becoming more or less psychedelic to, to a sort of uh, change anyway. Mm. And this was their kind of psychedelic song, but it's still pop and I, I'm sure it did chart and it's called She's My Girl by the Turtles and, and one of the things I love about this that you can gather from is that in the verse there's like one or two guitar hits it's like oh. chank. you don't have to play all the time you know <laughs> it would, it just play one thing and make it you know say, say something and of course the singing is great as well it's like I mean it's just I mean the production is great I, yeah this is one of those gems I think alright so we're going we're going to go to that gem And we are back. Hi, Ivan. Hello, how are you? I am good, and I am having a fabulous time. Me too. So, um, yeah, driving music. Talking about driving music, Public Enemy. I mean, what do you need to say about Public Enemy? I mean, they're the quintessential. I mean, they they made the mark that no one else can, I, I think, ever, I mean, especially in, in rap and hip-hop, it can ever um, reach. I mean, and with that album, um, Fear of a Black Planet, and it takes a nation of millions, I mean, but especially Fear of a Black Planet, Planet when you start listening to it, it just picks you up and, and starts taking you, and it doesn't let go. It just keeps going and going and going. I mean, I really think um, those guys are geniuses, and uh, along with uh, the Shockley brothers um, that produce them, and Flavor Flav, who plays a lot of the instruments that uh, some people mm. might not know, you know? Yeah. And they put the sound together. This happened a lot. I mean, and it happens from time to time. I mean, I mean they're a good example to me. Um, P.J. Harvey's a good example to me with um, Flood producing. Um, Portis head, you know these hmm. things. Like every once in a while, you hear something, you go, "What's that?" And that just changes or warps the rules. Hmm. And I love I love stuff like that. And that that, that album, especially that that tune, that um, song is one of them. It, it, that too was hard to decide. Was hard to decide what to play off of, of that album. But certain things I couldn't play. Probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and and Chucky, he's he's great. I mean, Chucky D's like, yeah, that that that's one of my faves. And um, it, it's it's um, it makes sense to me to. This is what I would do at home. I would play the Turtles, and then I would li- put on um, Fear of a Black Planet, and then after that, I might listen to Angel of Death by Hank Williams. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, it's like things like this. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I like that a lot. Somebody said the the public enemy never get old. Still heavy, twenty years later, which is yeah. You know, yeah. I saw them in Brooklyn um, three or four years ago mm-hmm. I, um, at a place out there called Warsaw. Oh yeah, one, and I never seen them before. Um, and one of the best shows I saw in my life. You know, it was really great. I mean, even they still had it. You know, I mean, they have it, whatever. And Flavor Flav had this thing where he would disappear behind Chucky e. D. And it, I don't mean hide behind him. It was he would because he's small and Chucky's big, you know. Yeah. But he would literally disappear from from whatever angle you were looking at, and then just appear. It was like pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was exciting. And uh, a listener wants to know if you have any stories about being on the Stiff label. Yeah. Well. Um. Uh, Jake Riviera, Elvis Costello's manager, was a big fan of the band, um, and um, he actually signed us uh, to a single that Nick Lowe p- produced, um, mm-hmm. "Kid with a Replaceable Head." Uh, I'm your man. Uh, Jake was Jake was great. He was he was you know a really good supporter of the band. Um, helped us through the period after Sire and everything, and um, going over, and and we and subsequently I think on the it was on the Armed Forces tour. That we opened for Elvis Costello. Oh wow! So um, in England that was, and we I, I, he also booked us a date in Paris, and uh, yeah, it was great working with with them. He, Jake Jake was a re- really great guy. Nick Lowe is my model as a producer. Oh. I mean him, uh, George Clinton, people that are you know creative and kind of out there to some degree, but still um, know how to make a record. And then I, when he produced um, "Kid with a Replaceable Head," I just sat and watched how he made us do things. Uh, that were kind of giving us a pop sensibility that if anybody else had told us to do that, we would just said, you know, take a walk. You know, it's like, leave us alone. <laughs> but Nick had a way of working with us and, and, and with any band, I think, that um, uh, just brought out, made you want to contribute to whatever he was making, you know? Wow. You know what I mean? And uh, really great guy. I saw him not too long ago at the Bell House, you know, I mean, and asked him why he's not producing anymore. He goes, he's, oh, he's not inspired these days to do that kind of thing. Oh, well. You know, but it's too bad because he's a, he's a, he's a great producer. He really is. Hmm. Yes. And he's, well, you know, and all those guys are fun on the road, too, and that's, that accounts for something. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you make your, some of your best friendships when you're on the road. Just, you know, <laughs> some in, of your worst best friendships, <laughs> too. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, your, your brotherships and yeah. the... Uh, no, it's true. Oh, let's see. We do have a report from Sean who says they saw Public Enemy at Asbury Park, and it was the greatest hip-hop show that he ever experienced in his entire life. I believe him. Yeah. I totally believe him. Awesome. You know. And how did the uh, the Sire situation come about? Um, well, when I met Richard, um, he was already in touch with, with a guy called um, Marty Thal. Uh, Marty's uh, been in the music business for a long time. Um, was um, a, a big proponent of, of the Dolls as well, mm-hmm. and which is um, I, I, I don't want to say that's how Richard met him because I'm not I'm not sure about that. But um, he um, introduced us to uh, Craig Leon, who produced uh, the first Ramones album, and the idea was to make an EP, a seven-inch EP, which would be our calling card and whatever. I mean, and oh. on and on that EP was uh, Spurts, um, uh, Blank Generation. Wait, I don't think Spurts was on there. I think it was You Gotta Lose. Somebody help me with this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a 7-inch EP. And, yeah, Marty was responsible for that. Um, and then um, it for also for uh, introducing uh, Richard to um, Richard Goddard, who in turn um, t- uh, talked to Seymour Stein about um, having us on the label. Mm. It's on Sire. I'm distracted now because I'm trying to look it up, and I, and I can't find that. <laughs> Somebody else said that they missed almost all of the Swan set because they had to stay and watch Public Enemy because they were so good. We're getting still getting the word in about. Yeah, I mean, it's they're phenomenal. They really are when you when you see them. I mean, it's like they they too like it's from you know, they give one hundred and ten fifteen percent. Well, that's the way it should be. I mean, folks, you know, you're live, right? You're, you're, you're live, <laughs> and you know, it's a privilege to be up there. You know. You don't have uh, to be on stage. You know what I did want to mention, because um, we talked about uh, briefly your show at the Bell House, and um, uh, you produced uh, Flesh Tones. The last three records, yes. Yeah. I just I just wanted to bring that up, because... Um, Take a good look at the one I'm, I'm really... I mean, they're, they're all good. Oh, they're all good. But I, I mean, that one, I, like... I, they came in really rehearsed and you know, and just kind of sang amazing. It was a really great experience, you know. But it's always fun working with them. I, lo- I love Peter and I love Keith and, I, and and Bill and Ken, all all of them. It's always, it's always fun. But that first one, I kind of really, whoa, this is this is something to contend mm. with here. And then and Keith actually um, 
played with uh, with Dennis on the uh, on stage at the Bell House. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he did. Yeah. Kind of working around all over. Yeah, you know, like it's always say, it's a small world. That's why you got to behave. <laughs> and uh, your studio is uh, is it nyhead.com? Yes, it is. Okay, and uh, ivanjulian.com for for other info pertinent to Ivan. Um, I try to keep my Facebook page happening as well because I don't know um, the people around me say you, you know you got to that and you got to do all this other stuff too. So and I'm, I'm either there or there, one or the other, <laughs> or maybe sometimes both. And here. So what's the next thing that we're going to hear? That's okay. Uh, hey, i got more songs to play, too. If you, yes. if you, I, mean, I mean, besides these. <laughs> no, well, we're good. I think we're good with time, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And, and tell me about uh, Nick, is it Tremulous? Nick Tremulous. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Tremulous is a singer-songwriter out of Chicago, um, good friend of mine, um, you know, known him for, for years, and, I'm, um, and I'll say um, an amazing songwriter. And um, when he's working on things or I'm working on something, we'll send things back and forth. And every once in a while, he s- sends me these songs that he's written, and this is one of them. And I've told the story before. I just come up and say, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you so much because it's just so good, you know? I mean, he's really, really great. I mean, I, I'm going to cover this in my next record, actually, this song. Oh, really? And this is, like, uh, I think one of the most beautiful love songs I've ever heard. So we're going to go to um, this track, Tell Me Lies, by okay. uh, Nick Tremulous. And my guest is Ivan Julian, and we will be back shortly. Stay tuned. <laughs> And we have returned to the airwaves, and uh, my guest is Ivan Julian. Thank Hello. you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, his latest release is called The Naked Flame, and it is on uh, 259 Records, which I guess stands for 2 minutes and 59 seconds, which is kind of like the perfect length for a pop song. Yes, it is. And uh, so uh, many opportunities to see Ivan, and you can check out ivanjulian.com, um, and, and you're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes I try to keep abreast of everything there. It's just, it, it does come at you from all angles. It's kind of like riding a bike in Times Square or something, you know? Right, yeah, learning to ride a bike in Times Square. <laughs> Whoa. And, uh, and we had a lot of great feedback on the Nick Tremulous track, Tell Me Lies, that we heard. A lot of people were just blown away by it. It's a beautiful song, isn't it? He's, yeah, he's, he's really great. And, you know, yeah, and he's like kind of the go-to guy. He's, I mean, in Chicago, if, if you get there and you say, well... I don't know, um, I, I need um, nylon bass strings or something, and he'll mm. take you to where you have to go. Oh, you know? wow. Keith Richards goes and sees him when he's in town. It's like, it's next, next to man. Oh, very For cool. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, and then we heard uh, uh, Truck Stop Girls from the Kropotkins. Yes. This is just a record someone gave me, um, and I was intrigued with the uh, fact that it was kind of like a Howlin' Wolf record or something like that, the way it was recorded in the, in the songs. I mean, and with a woman singing, you know, with with kind of kind of with no apologies. I, I, and I, I just like the songs, um, and and the cover is pretty bizarre as well. So I mean, it's just one of those things I found, and I I I, I like. Actually, my friend Al Maddie turned me on to them. Said, "You got to hear this." Yeah, so yeah, it's good. And that is, uh, and Mo Tucker's on drums on that. And Mo Tucker's playing drums. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, so we are just about to the end of our um, of our segment here. We've got one song left, and I just wanted to thank you very much for for coming and for doing all the work that it takes. And and Ivan did. He he chose like fifty songs or something <laughs> first. It's like how's this? And I'm like uh, I'll have to ask the DJ on after me if we can like take over his show and then the show after that. But um, it, you know, it is a lot of work to actually do this. Like people are like, oh, that's that would be cool, and, and then they sort of, I think, sort of start thinking about it. And they're like, oh, you know what? That's actually, I'm not willing to undertake that. So thank you for undertaking it and for being, you know, just being so creative and um, 
and 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 a total like non-conformist, non one song has nothing to do with the other kind of playlist. And and I can see that that that's your personality and your taste, and uh, and you, you know, your knowledge of music is a gift to everybody here. And I just want to thank you for you know for the listeners and for your contribution to music as well. You know, You're just very welcome. The um, just being the guy who you are in terms of the that first wave of punk like you you're really part of something that shaped everything for people well you're thank you very much i just doing what i do you know trying to keep the guitar or, or in the, in my hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know, you know and you know when sometimes hardly even at the uh, at the bell house you lost your strap yeah, I don't. Know, I mean, when you're performing, you're in a different world, so I don't even know if you remember that. But it was just kind of like, oh, if the guitar falls off, I'm, I'm aware of that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'm I'm fond of these leopard straps, and, and that's been happening a lot li- lately, actually. And and I, that's one of the reasons I was in Hillbrook, and I was out at my oh. friend Jim Master's uh, store, the guitar bar. Oh yeah. And I said, okay, I need a, 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 an acoustic pickup. I need some uh, leopard straps, and I, some because this can't keep going on right you know? yeah yeah <laughs> luckily there was someone there to hold the guitar up for me while i played it that won't, that won't always be the case i know right <laughs> that is so, that is so funny so um is there anything else that you want the listeners to know is there anything else that you planned on saying that we didn't get to i i wish i could have played macarthur park by the f- four tops um mm. or richard harris or frank sinatra where he d- refuses to sing the first verse and kind of comes in in the middle of the song <laughs> do you know what the story with that is i don't actually yeah. i mean because I, I became fascinated with the song because it's 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 such uh, it's so abysmal and great at the same right. time uh, you know who leaves their cake out in the rain you know yeah right. and, and 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 loves un- unheated arm or like a striped pair of pants i mean it's <laughs> all these great lines striped Stripe it, um, and I, I, don't, I don't know um, why he did that, but it's obvious. Like the strings come in, and he comes in the second verse, and you know, after reading stuff about him, I don't. It seems like he just said, "I'm not singing that." <laughs> <laughs> and he can do that. He can do that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. No, but thank you very much for having me. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Really awesome. awesome. You know, I love playing music for people. Ivan Julian, IvanJulian.com latest record the naked flame and again thank you very much you're very welcome for being here the listeners say thank you also and i thank you listeners and that wraps it up for today's podcast thank you to lita martinez for editing the podcast and to liz berg for all the other background work we are wfmu